0: Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, February 14 2019. Happy Valentine's Day to those who um, celebrate the day. Um, but those who celebrate Valentine's Day all year long, shouts out to you, um, those that are always showing love to those that they love. And today um, I wanted to um, talk about the love chapter, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know, um as I look through this chapter I'm going to be giving like my cliff notes version because it's so rich it's so many different things you could talk about in this chapter. Um but the context of this chapter is Paul, the apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian people about what love really is. See, he had already been talking to them about the spiritual gifts and the uh, how they had um, been abusing their gifts. And so he leads into this chapter about You know, love And so we're going to get right into it Um, What is love? So this chapter, um, there's three types of love that is talked about in the Bible Uh, You have, first of all, you have eros That's sexual love You can look at Proverbs 7 and 18 to know more about what eros love is You also have uh, philos P-H-I-L-O-S Um, which is kind of like a friendship love. You can look at John 11 and three to get more emphasis on that. But here in first Corinthians chapter 13, this love that Paul is talking about to the Corinthian church is he's talking about an agape love. This love right here is a regard, a respect and a caring concern for another person that does that doesn't depend on the worthiness or the lovableness of that person so agape love is you loving people no matter what so you love them despite if they're being worthy or whatever the case might be um it also love agape love is an act of the will which places the welfare of others above the interests of oneself. It's an act of the will which places the welfare welfare of others above the interest of your own self. Um and in the New Testament, the standard for Agape love was when Christ uh he he sacrificed his love for his people. You know, so let's just get right into it. So the first um the first three verses of chapter 13 talks about how love is the essential ingredient in in, in in any believer's life so if you look at verse 1 2 and 3 it talks about like you can have great speech you can have a gift of prophecy you can have all of the faith and also you can, you can have great deeds like you can give to the poor you can feed them you can even sacrifice your own body to be burned up but If you have not love, this agape love that Paul is talking about, if you don't have this this type of love, then you have nothing. You are you are nothing and you profit it. You profit nothing. And so he goes into verses four through seven and he talks about how love behaves. So let's look at it. You know, verse four, it says, love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunted not itself. It's not puffed up. So here we see that love is patient for extended periods of times. You know, love is kind, it's thoughtful, it's not jealous, it's not envious. You um, you know, envious is kind of like feeling of grudging admiration or you have a desire to have something possessed by another person. That's not love when you have that desire. Love doesn't brag. That's a big one. It's not proud or arrogant. You don't. Say I I I and me me me, it's not about you. Love isn't proud. is It's not bragging. It's not arrogant. It's actually like we talked about earlier. The agape love is putting the the uh, the importance, or is putting the the will, the welfare of others above the interests of your own self. So, um, in verse five of First Corinthians chapter thirteen, it talks about how. You know, it's not rude. Love isn't rude. It's not self-seeking. You know, it's not provoked, not overly sensitive and easily angered. You know. uh, So love is not going to be provoked or it's not going to be easily angered. Um, You're not going to be overly sensitive when somebody says something that might rub you the wrong way. You just, you know, you keep on going and you carry yourself in a dignified way. Um, and also in verse five, this is a this is a really <laughs> hard one for most people. Love doesn't take into account a wrong endured. Love does not take into account a wrong endured. So when somebody does you wrong, yes, your conscious your conscious will have You know, the thought of, man, I remember when that person did you wrong, but it doesn't hold it against somebody like holding a grudge or whatever. That's what it's not. Yes, you remember because we're humans, but you don't steadily hold something against somebody because they they did you wrong. You know, last week, yesterday, two weeks ago, a year ago, fifteen years ago, whatever the case might be, you don't take that into account a wrong endured. This is what the Bible talks about as love. Um, verse six of First Corinthians thirteen says, Love doesn't rejoice at injustice, but it rejoices with the truth. So when it's it's love is kind of like when when right and truth prevail. When when the right Thing and the and the truthful thing prevail. That's love. So it doesn't rejoice at at the wrong things, at people being unjust in, at injustice, but it rejoices with the truth, with honesty. You know, uh, verse seven it says, you know, regardless of what comes, love bears all things. So your love believes all things and looking for the best in each one. So. Whenever I come across a person, in order for me to love them unconditionally, I love them prior to even getting to know that person because I'm looking for the best in that person. Love hopes all things. It remains steadfast during difficult times. It endures all things without weakening. So this is kind of hard because... Uh, love remains steadfast, you know, during difficult times. It's almost like because somebody did you wrong, then you start acting different. That's not love. That's conditional love. Somebody did you wrong, so now you start acting differently towards them. You have a different attitude towards them, um, and we all might have be guilty of this, including myself. Uh, people have talked bad about you. People start ignoring you. People stop answering your calls. People don't return your calls. People don't respond to your text message. And then they act like, oh, I meant to get back at you whenever they see you in person. See, then (laughs) then we start treating them differently. Like, okay, well, since they want to do me like that, well, then this is how I'm going to treat them. See, no, that's not love. Love is remaining steadfast during difficult times and is enduring all things without weakening. So actually, love is going to grow over time. It's going to strengthen each other. So in verses 4 through 7, we see how love behaves. Now, let's look at verses 8 through 13 of 1 Corinthians 13. I definitely recommend you read this on your own time. Um, Again, this is my Cliff Notes version. So, in verses 8 through 13. These last six verses. It talks about Paul teaches. The superiority of love. Over all the other Christian gifts. And virtues. So every believer. Is given gifts and virtues. Paul teaches the superiority. Of love. Over all these, old, all these other gifts. And, and virtues that you might have. So in verse 8. He talks about how love never fades nor ends. You know, you might have prophecies. You might have the gift of prophecies that passes away. You might have the gift of tongues. Guess what? That will one day cease. You might have the gift of special knowledge. You might have like a a spiritual insight that nobody else is gifted to have to be able to break down scripture uh, verse by verse. That's a gift. But guess what? One day that will also pass away. But guess what? Love never fades, never ends. And that's what verse eight is talking about. It'll never end. It'll never fade away because that's something that is going to remain. It's going to continue to keep on and keep it on. Uh, verse nine talks about our knowledge is fragmenty. Uh, it's also incomplete. So our our, our 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 knowledge is limited. We know just enough uh and, and sometimes we don't even know just enough we know a little bit you know our our knowledge is 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 really what god has given us and we can read books we can listen to audios we can seek uh godly counsel from people here on earth but ultimately our our knowledge is, is limited like you know i know people have heard that uh you can be uh you can be able to um, have many different gifts. Yes, that is true, but in order to be the best in in that in, in a gift, you have to be a master. Uh, you have to master that one thing in order to actually be an expert. So yes, you can have be you can be multi gifted and you can be multi talented, but you're you're not gonna be able to be like across the board knowledgeable and. And highly knowledgeable. That's what we're talking about in all things. So, with that being said, we know in part that our knowledge is incomplete. And then verse 10 talks about how when that is complete, like when all of your knowledge is, is, you know, you know that you have uh, a certain enough of knowledge, you know that that which is complete is perfect. It comes that which is incomplete. And partial will pass away. So all of the things that are temporary, which are things here on earth, they will one day fade away, pass away. But the things that remain complete and perfect are to come. those are heavenly things, things that we actually fix our eyes on, which is the eternal things, things that will remain, As we are living out this temporary life in an earthly body. And then Paul goes on to talk about because of how they had been abusing their gifts in verse 11. He talks about as you know as a child we talked. We think I'm sorry we talked and we thought and we reasons we reason as if we were children. But when you one day became a man or one day become a man. As Paul was speaking from personal testimony, he did away with all those childish things. And so he's speaking to them because they have been abusing their gifts and they have been uh, treating the gifts as if it was more important than having love for one another. And so that's why he's really talking to them about, you know, having love because he wants them to get the right attitude and the right perspective about what love really is. Verse 12 talks about, uh, it gives the image as if he's looking into a mirror, darkly. So in this time of imperfection, you see a blurred reflection, a riddle, an enigma. Have you ever looked into the mirror and you didn't like what you saw? Maybe you tried to fix um, something on your eyes or, or something about your hair or something about your mouth, your teeth, your lips, whatever. You didn't like something, so you tried to alter it. And even after you alter it, you saw that you didn't even like what you what you altered. And so we we're imperf imper imperfect in a sense, but the time will come when when we will see reality face to face. We know in part now, but then we will we'll be able to know fully just as we just as I have we have been seen uh fully knowledgeable, uh we have been fully known by God, I should say. So one day we, just because right now we don't know it all. We know just part of it. But we'll be able to know fully one day just as we are fully known by God. God knows every hair on your head. He knows the ways uh, of, of you. He knows everything that you're going to do in the future. He knows what you're going to do um, the rest of this day. In the last verse, verse 13 says, there's three things that still remain. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is kind of like abiding and trusting in God and his promise. Hope is like confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, which which is what this whole chapter is about, is unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me. So of these three things, these choices, graces, the greatest of these is love. And that's what he's talking about. You know, um, even though there's faith, there's hope, there's love. The greatest of all of those three right there is love, because that's one thing that remains. That's one thing where the agape love is is uh, having a regard or respect or caring concern for another person that doesn't depend on the worthiness or the lovableness of that person. We love them just because you love a person. You, Because you place the welfare of others above the interests of your own self. And remember, the standard for love is how Christ's sacrificial love was laid out for his people. You know, this is my Cliff Notes version of 1 Corinthians 13. It's a lot to kind of go through. Definitely read it on your own time so you can get clarity and understanding on what God is trying to portray or speak out to you. But ultimately, the agape love that we see here is a love that remains deeply and it remains the same. It's going to continue to be here. So we need to embrace it. We need to love on others today Um, and not just on Valentine's Day. Love everybody throughout the rest of this year and through and just daily be consistent in your love. You know, um, there's a there's a there's a thing going on. Uh, where, you know, sometimes we have a a, a a desire to love people for a certain amount of time. But what happens when that last day hits? Do you just turn it off completely? No, you should continue on loving that person um, and loving them unconditionally, just as God himself loves you. Then listening to the echoes of Dove 22, please share this with your friends, families, uh, colleagues, um, people that you Uh, know can be blessed through this podcast and ultimately guys love yourself sometimes it's hard to love others when you don't love yourself and lord we just thank you we praise you help us to have agape love for our friends our family members and our loved ones lord we thank you and we praise you for what you are about to do in our lives today in jesus name we pray amen Have a guy one.